are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Get out of the grave, Alan. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Speaking, what do you want? Whether you asked for it or not, this is Late Night Psychorama. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Late Night Psychorama, the podcast where you will get two movies that have nothing to do with each other, a la the glory days of the drive-in. There will be spoilers, so if you do not want the movies spoiled for you, please stop this, go watch them. And then come back and listen to us prattle on about them. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. I'm Andrew. And today we are joined by Ed and Dan from the Good Friends Reading Club podcast. How you doing, guys? Hey, good. good. Thanks, Joe. I'm just, I'm just really excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan's fired up. <laughs> <laughs> For people that may have never experienced your guys' podcast can you describe it a little bit <laughs> um we're dedicated to uh the promotion and the spread of uh friendship and reading as general concepts uh now we we read things it's like a book club but it's not necessarily just books like one episode we read uh, uh like a maltese language newspaper uh we read <laughs> like, it's largely not books yeah, it's mostly not books. Yeah. I don't think we've read. I don't even think we've read one book. <laughs> How many episodes? I'm, I'm I'm not exaggerating. We've done fifteen so far. Okay. Yeah, I believe you just had your quinceanera. Yeah, we just had our quinceanera. <laughs> yeah. I listened uh, to the the one where you guys were doing the uh, the Halloween episode with the uh, the weird New Jersey stories. That was fun. Oh, cool! Yeah, that one was fun. That, that, that yeah. I think that's when we did the choose your own adventure thing at the end as well. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, we did we did read a part of uh, Finnegan's Wake. Yeah, so. <laughs> what anybody could technically read of Finnegan's Wake. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Sure. Yeah, glad. glad. Thanks for having us. Yes, welcome. We are very sorry to put you through this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not sure. Yeah, neither am I, honestly. <laughs> Joe, what are we no, watching? Tonight, we are watching Don't Look in the Basement, a.k.a. The Forgotten. Don't. Don't look in the basement. The makers of Last House on the Left warn you again. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. The line between sanity and madness can be crossed in a single step. And with this step, you enter the nightmare world of terror. On the day the insane took over the asylum. And the devils. The Devil's Burn. An explosive film. Absolutely brilliant. ABC TV. Superbly, frighteningly effective. Time magazine. But of course I can prove nothing. This Mother Superior may be little more than a hysterical nun. Exactly. 
Mere conjecture. And what form does this incubus take? The Devils is not a film for everyone. Vanessa Redgrave, Oliver Reed, in Ken Russell's film of The Devils. Before we get into the movies, anybody seen anything they would like to just throw some words out there about? No, the three of us were streaming like a movie marathon where we saw 12 movies. I don't know if we well, you that. you guys saw twelve movies. I oh, only saw yeah. a couple. I saw so eleven. Any- Ryan did watch the entire twelve movies, and I got a, a wind of what the last movie was, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to bed." <laughs> I must say, I'm pretty wounded what? From, from that last movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. It's nothing I would ever show a friend. Yeah, it was uh, what intru- <laughs> it was called intrusion. We watched a. It was just a porno. 1970s. Yeah, 1970s roughy porno mm-hmm. called in- Intrusion, X-rated. It's only rape for an hour and 30 minutes, and Eddie and I were very upset. <laughs> <laughs> it does star a genre ghost. The villain man in the movie is the gravedigger from City of the Living Dead. Yeah. Mm. And Eddie, you, you did some research on him, right? Yeah, well, I was looking him up on IMDb, and there's like a documentary about him. It's like an 18 minute documentary about that guy. That I don't. I, I read one of the IMDb reviews, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not. It's good if you're a fan of the movie. I was like, who the fuck is a fan of that? Movie? <laughs> what, what what fan base does that movie have? I'm sure they're like. I I know the you're talking about intrusion, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. um. I know there's like a big following for like the, the 70s like porn like but that's that seemed like a different on a whole different level. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It was great because a uh, good friend of the podcast John curated it, but by the end no one he knew was left in the room and everybody was was asking him, "Why did you do this to us? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you show us this?" <laughs> you guys watch anything else uh, worth mentioning? Uh, after 12 movies, or 11 movies, rather, I'm pretty sure that one just mind-swiped <laughs> me via Men in Black. Did yeah. you have a favorite? Did anyone have a favorite of the 12? Yeah. Uh, I liked the French movie. That one was good. Oh, yeah, Nightcrawler. the city? Yeah, that was it, yeah. A.K.A. the Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. And the Hong Kong one was good, too. Oh, yeah. Which one? The Big Heat. The, the Big, Big Heat is fantastic. Yeah. Fans of gory, excessive action movies from Hong Kong would, would, would love it. And it's Johnny Toe, so he's a genre favorite. Yeah. Beyond the Seventh Door was entertaining. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something. <laughs> Fun. In classic marathon form, it took a turn for the worst after we got to, you know, past eight movies. And then it was just all kind of downhill from there. <laughs> Dan, have you seen anything good? Movies or TV? Uh, anything. Well, I'm watching Better Call Saul. That's really good. Oh, yeah. I like Breaking Bad a lot, and I've just never gotten to watch Better Call Saul. I've been meaning to. Yeah, Eddie and I are watching it. It's uh, This season has been great. Nice. Yeah. I. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just catching up on some movies that I haven't seen, so I saw Dogtooth recently. And, uh, oh, wow. And uh, Herzog's uh, Bad Lieutenant. Hell, yeah. yeah. I love that one. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it is a lot of fun. Joe, Andrew, you see anything particularly cool? Do you have any favorites from the marathons? 
I like that one. Um, it was just it was called like the Magic Serpent or something like that. That was awesome. I always have fun with those those type of weird. Uh, you know, that was so good. The the kaiju yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixed with the Shogun Assassin stuff. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and that was highly entertaining. And um, everything started blurring together for me after that. But um, that one was very very good. That's how you know you did it right. <laughs> Joe. That that was actually my second viewing of Beyond the Seventh Door. Oh, yeah. So I have now been subjected to the acting stylings of Lazar Rockwood twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I am now immune to torture. He is literally the proto like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they seem to be like cut from the same cloth. Kind of. They're both Eastern European. He's he's a Serbian guy. It looks like. Oh wow. Oh yeah. okay. I yeah. Tommy I think Wiseau? that's exactly what he is. Tommy Wiseau, I believe, is Polish. I think, but he like doesn't admit it. Oh. He, had, <laughs> he had family in Louisiana that were like Creole or something. Oh. And he he Wiseau is like a a play on Wazo, the French word for bird. Oh. So. People were like, "Is this guy French?" But no, I, th- I think he's from Eastern Europe. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. That explains his weird accent: is Eastern Europe plus Creole. Yeah, yeah exactly. I thought that was just. I didn't know he was from anywhere. I thought that was just his like voice. Is just a very <laughs> he's strange just from voice. America. Yeah, <laughs> just came up with that. South Jersey guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. He's from South Jersey. It's a weird South Jersey accent. I mean, maybe, but. maybe he had some like twisted parents who like every day spoke in a different accent. Oh yeah. His, <laughs> and he just didn't know where he was from yeah. or what he was supposed to sound like. They were just purposefully trying to warp his reality. Yeah. Make yeah. a new kind of accent. A new kind of Tommy. <laughs> they succeeded. They just showed him movies out of order and was like, this is what a movie is. <laughs> just cut stuff out, just made it nonsensical, and he's like, now I know what to do. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> well, shall we go right. into the movies? Yeah, do your famous catchphrase. Oh, yeah, Joe, tell us about <laughs> Don't Look in the Basement. Stevens Sanitarium is a pleasant, small institute where head doctor, Dr. Stevens, applies a gentle type of therapy in allowing the patient some free reign to act out. When he is accidentally killed, the minimal control there was is gone, and the patients begin to run amok. Andrew, could you sum this movie up for me? (laughs) I feel like Joe did an excellent job, but yeah, if we were to go chronologically... Doctor has some kind of weird experiment where he has mental patients just wander about and just living out their their deranged fantasies. Um, he dies in an in a in an axe accident. And, an but, um, accident. Yes. <laughs> um, but accident. Uh, and then we're left with a single nurse who is kind of running the show until uh, our main character, Nurse Charlotte Beale shows up and she just starts nursing and they then the the patients are relentless with their crazy and ultimately uh she goes into the basement you know obviously she didn't um see the title of the movie she goes down there and that's where uh the dr stevens is found uh she 
he's alive, but not for long because she beats beats him to death and um and uh and then escapes. And that's pretty much the uh they, they made ninety minutes that into ninety minutes. That's I it. love this movie. <laughs> you too? Oh man. The cold <laughs> opening of this this thing is badass. Is I had no idea where it was going. It's like, oh, this is like seventies style, like really gritty, like drive-in movie theater horror. It's like what we do, and then just we get introduced to Doctor Stevens, and he just gets fucking axed. You don't even really, yeah, you don't get really introduced to him. It's like a shot of his face, and then some dude just comes <laughs> and just butchers him. He looks like he might be the only capable actor in the movie, too. And he turns around, and you're like, oh, there's the heavy hitter. That's the guy that's going to yeah. yeah. be in this movie yeah. and probably a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. The next time he, he pops up, you don't see his face. You just see his hands. Yeah. <laughs> he beats him to death with a boat. Yeah. <laughs> a toy boat. With yeah. Sam's boat. Splat, <laughs> yeah. splat, splat. I wouldn't okay. say he's necessarily the only competent guy. I think that that Bill McGee was actually pretty solid as Sam. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, for sure. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I felt very emotional for that character. Like it, it tugged at my heartstrings a little. Yeah, Sam being the uh, incapable child man. Yeah, and especially because all right, th- this will probably sound really weird, but. I sort of feel like the fact that he manages to sort of handle it despite having the mind of a child is kind of what makes it so much worse. Yeah. Like that he doesn't overact the child brain aspect. Like I, it, it's pretty even keeled for, for, for what it is. Like he gets the point across that that's the state that he's in, but he also doesn't really... He doesn't do any like a whole lot of like childlike antics per se. He just kind of has a gentle sort of not really totally understanding kind of demeanor. He's also arguably the hero of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He saves the girl. Yeah. And, and he pieces everything together. He like knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And he's much more sane than the uh or at least much more mature than the Art Garfunkel looking guy. Yeah, They're Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I did enjoy <laughs> that guy in this movie just because he, you, especially when he fools the one girl into thinking that he really likes her, and then he's just oh, like, yeah. just goes goes into crazy after she like falls a, for him. Yeah, like a sex trick. Yeah. Like, wanna, <laughs> he does his like little menacing uh-huh, laugh. <laughs> the best words I've ever heard, Eddie. A sex trick? Yeah. I want to have sex. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I know. It was pretty mean. Dan, um, did you have a favorite character? Yeah, probably the Garfunkel guy. <laughs> he, he brought me the most joy. I I really like the judge, and he was a bizarrely competent actor, and I th- I think he brought some... He was like the Oliver Reed of this movie. That's what I would say. (laughs) The Oliver Reed of Don't Look at the Basement. Yeah. He he was intensely drunk at all times. (laughs) Just spoken in in court and like, you know, legalese or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. His slow speech was not a character decision. It was just a product of his alcoholism on set. In a a movie where every actor is a no-name and his career went the furthest, he is easily the Oliver Reed of the bunch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll 
I'll allow it. <laughs> Sustained. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I did some reading. I read like the Wikipedia plot outline for this movie <clears throat> after we watched it, just to see like if there was anything in there that you know they put that like maybe there was a scene cut out. Oh yeah, that wasn't in the version that we saw. Nothing really, but there's something funny. The the character Allison, who's like the like nymphomaniac one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about the part where so there's the telephone man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at the part of the Wikipedia page, it, it talks about, so that guy is dead or whatever. <laughs> and then she goes and drags the corpse to her room and, and, you know, has a honeymoon with it or whatever. Presumably has sex with it. Marries him. But the, uh, the Wikipedia, the sentence is, Allison is distraught as she thought the man was going to marry her. But she convinces herself that the man is still alive and drags his body to her room so she can have sex with it. But the, the phrase drags his body it's to her hyperlink, room so right? she can have sex with it is a hyperlink. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire phrase <laughs> is hyperlinked. It goes to the page for necrophilia. <laughs> I love that someone yeah linked that. It's like in case you have more questions, here you go. Yeah, in case you want to. I, I am amazed that you, Andrew, also happen upon the same very specific circumstance. <laughs> I also did some Wikipedia adventuring on uh, Bill McGee's page. Oh yeah. Um, if you look, you know, on Wikipedia, they have the sort of like drop down sections mm-hmm. and usually it starts with like early life and then there's career. Oh, yeah. His, it, it starts with hotel explosion. <laughs> That's his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that, he was an elevator operator. That's just everyday life, Dan. He was just in a uh, hotel that exploded. He was an elevator operator uh, in Dallas when an ammonia explosion uh, occurred during work on a refrigeration uh, refrigeration unit. Uh, he was temporarily temporarily reported as dead in the media, but he survived. <laughs> a, an ammonia explosion sounds like the worst possible explosion that there could be. Like, yeah, you would get poisoned in the process. Bill McGee was exploded. Yeah, Bill McGee was exploded. Judge Gene Ross was in Halloween Four, Friday the Thirteenth. The final chapter, and also, most famously, Man in Shower number one from The Goonies. Uh, the iconic role of Man in Shower number one. <laughs> man in Shower number one. I don't even remember a man yeah, in shower, like a shower scene in The Goonies. <laughs> yeah, you know that really explicit shower scene yeah. in The Goonies? <laughs> yeah, what the, the hell is that? <laughs> you know how the criminals are doing prison stuff and showers? <laughs> Dan, I wish you were here with us right now. Instead, you're above us, like a guy. I'm, I'm literally above you. <laughs> the fuck? Okay. I'm so above you. So, Ryan, you you enjoyed it thoroughly. It's everything I like in a '70s horror movie. I would put this alongside Toolbox Murders, Last House on the Left, uh, Don't Go in the House, things <laughs> like that. Even though that's '80s, but like it's that perfect level of grime. And like, as long as you can suspend disbelief belief for the plot you just have endless grime and like wackiness andrew (laughs) but i um i wanted to like this movie but i just couldn't like i feel i would never put them in and with uh toolbox murders and don't go in the house and nightmare and stuff like that i would just i it was just it was i don't know 
It was kind of hard for me to follow, despite its like really dumb, stupid, simple plot. It was basically a nurse running around and just crazy scene, cr- like I don't know, just over the top crazy every every time she goes into a room. Basically, I don't know. I just Is couldn't get into it, and I just thought it was uh, normally that sounds very fun and something I'd be into, but uh, with this movie, I just I couldn't really. I don't know. It just seemed too silly and uh, too just just too dumb. Uh, I'm gonna become the new John. I can feel my brain throbbing now. <laughs> my ego rising. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, I usually was... love '70s uh, just weirdness like this, but but I mean, I'll, uh, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. But it's just something I'll never watch again. I Ed and Dan, how did you feel guests. about it? I, uh, uh, I I liked it. I would probably. I'd probably like look at it again if it came on in a marathon, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't seek it right. out, but I, I didn't think it was really as boring as these types of movies can be. Yes. You know, it was, uh, a lot of over the top performances that like kept it kind of interesting, you know, it was, yeah, I don't know. It, it was not as bad as I thought. Yo, you want to know my opinion on this? Yes. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I got to agree with Andrew. thought it was pretty silly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have guests. We keep it democratic. Yeah. We also guessed the, the twist. Like, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, did. we, we did. We did. Guessed the twist. <laughs> with, like, with like 60 minutes left in the movie or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, baby. It's yeah. about the necrophilia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the, it's about the, the te- telephone man. The characters. Yes, the lovable characters torture and well they kind of telegraph it when she's going through like when um doctor quote-unquote masters is going through the little um patient cards with the nurse and then she pulls you know the one out that presumably is is hers and stuffs it in the drawer yeah oh totally oh yeah we didn't mention that that um the nurse who's left in charge is actually a patient, and they all seem to be. Everyone seems to know except the uh, the new young nurse. Or is that the, yeah. uh, the yeah. what's going on? But they can't yeah. explain it, and they get punished for explaining it. Like the old lady who looks like an old man. Oh yeah, she lady. gets her tongue cut out. Her her yeah. doing the the uh, the the rhyme is yeah. the one thing that stuck with me from the first time I saw this years and years and years ago. Hmm. And I was, okay, I do total like 180s on movies all the time, like stuff that I saw when I was younger. Sometimes when I go years and years without seeing it, I'll go back and I'll have like a totally different opinion, you know, good or bad. And... I was really looking forward to watching this again. And this is one I had been trying to, to get on here when, when John was here. So I was really interested to watch it because I wanted to know if the opinion that I had, which I remembered it being enjoyable. I watched it this time and I was actually sort of surprised to find that my opinion did not change. I enjoyed it just as much this time as I remembered you scared and me, Joe. I, you scared me. I was at the edge of I, my seat. I, I, I was, I was trying, trying to bring you right over there, see if I can you make you did fall. It. <laughs> ah, I was teetering. It was like the climax of Vertigo. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I was surprised that, that I, it, it was actually as enjoyable to me as, as I, as I remembered it being. So dreams do come true. It really does hit the marks as far as like drive in trash and schlock go. It's also worth noting that Eddie brought up cut out scenes and there is a cut out scene and that scene would be the title card. And the fact that they, they remarketed this movie in the States as don't look in the basement so it could be double billed with don't open the door the forgotten would be i think a stronger title but it's still fun and it's fun to get that sleazy 70s title hand-painted title card insert (laughs) it no don't look in the basement is definitely the better title like i mean you i mean if if the movie Uh, was called the forgotten i probably would be like nah i don't know but don't look in the basement gets me to watch this movie to to your point, in uh, Evil Speak magazine, they have uh, a little write up on "Don't Look in the Basement," and the main thrust of it it, it was just like a one page thing because they have a lot of those in there. Well, they'll just have somebody just kind of write like a nice little love letter to a movie. And then they have like bigger pieces where like people really get into you know breaking down the movie like from a more critical point of view right but uh the one for that they actually spent a lot of time talking about how movie business and titling especially back then was like the be-all end-all and they had a uh, a herschel gordon lewis quote about how in the end he feels sorry for people that treat filmmaking as art because it's a business. <laughs> that guy died an artist for sure. <laughs> Definitely high art that he put out there. That is a that's a great quote though, and that's that's an interesting note. But it, it is really a business, and uh, the fly by night seventies style distribution really really shines a light on this style of filmmaking. Yeah, apparently I I've I never heard it, but apparently in the trailer for this they even ripped not just the the it's only a movie thing, but they also took actual scenes from uh Last House on the Left and threw them in there, like snuck them in, in. Oh. into the trailer. Yes. No kidding. Dan, yes. Eddie, have you seen Last House on the Left? I have not. I have not. Wow. I mean, it's punishing. <laughs> Definitely a painful movie. Yeah, isn't that yeah, also it's... like an only rape type movie? Yeah. No, no, not not only. But it's it's it, uh it's Wes Craven too, so it has has some style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's also uh, it definitely is a loose intended to be pornographic remake of uh Oh, The Virgin Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But uh it, it kind of it's it's just a wild revenge movie. You got to get it under your belt if you like the, any kind of horror movie. I feel like for some reason I saw some of uh, <coughs> a like a ripoff movie called The House at the Edge of the Park. Yeah, uh-huh. we actually covered that uh, uh, that movie on the show. Oh really? Yeah, it's Not just a it's yes. just a blatant ripoff of um, and yeah, Last House on the Left. And and the main villain is played by the same actor. Oh really? Yeah. Yes. And the, Eddie, did you like that one? 
I only saw, I don't know why it would have been on and I would have seen only some of it. I saw the the part where it's escalating, I think, where everybody finds out they're in some kind of situation. So I watched like 20 minutes or half an hour of that, of like the the bad part. So you spoiled the movie for yourself. Yeah, I I didn't see like a lead up or anything. (laughs) It might have been. If you're of the mind, definitely go back and, and, and watch it. Uh, in full because okay. I I I think that if you're into stuff like that, like if like if you have the stomach for it, it you you yeah. won't be disappointed by it. Yeah, maybe I'll double feature that with Last House on the Left. Uh, that might be a world of pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't do it on the living room projector. Unlike those movies, this this <laughs> this movie seems to be, uh, and it's a shame, but. Th- I don't know what version of this movie anybody watched, but the one that we watched was had a title screen at the very beginning that it is the last surviving print of this film, and it hasn't even gone through a full restoration process. And oh. for for such a you know legendary, at least its title carries a lot of weight from the seventies. Just it's such a goddamn shame that like the preservation was not ever put into this one. Yeah. Well. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I watched one go. (laughs) I watched it on Tubi, and the print on Tubi was passable. I think the DVD that I originally saw it on back in the day actually it was like a cheapy DVD. I think actually looked better from if if my memory serves. But the version that was on Tubi was. Was passable. It wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't you know unwatchable either. I don't know how anybody <laughs> felt about the credits of this movie, but I, I loved it. Just everybody's murdered corpse. Everybody gets murdered in this movie. Everybody's dead. That is. Oh true. yeah, it, it, it cuts. It shows the person's name next to their like <laughs> blood coming out of their mouth. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then the only one who survives is the old lady that looks like they're played by an old man. And then she's just at the end of the credits and just laughs at the audience. Get out! (laughs) Get out! Get out! And never, never come back! I love that. That was so I love how she what? just straight up tells her like what they're talking about the walk that they had, and she's like, "Well, don't be surprised if we never get to do it again." <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know that there's there's something wrong and something's up. <laughs> That's. Uh, did anybody look into who played the old woman? If it was, I, I did. Was it a woman? It was okay. a woman's name <laughs> that we see in the credits and was also never in anything else like most of probably half the cast of this movie. It could be kind of a switcheroo. They just got like one of the the um, grips. Like the grips or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, listen, like, like Johnny, we need it. it was like they, she dropped out. We, we can't get. <laughs> hey, could you put this wig on? I know you're not doing anything because you're a teamster now. Yeah. <laughs> just, you, you want a double dip? Look, we need to put out this movie. It's going to be a beautiful work of art that everyone is going to like. It will be a testament to your life and your name. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure to credit you. <laughs> uh, um, I did, has anyone seen the remake or the sequel? Or okay. I saw the trailer for that? it. It's a sequel, I think. It's because it starts with 
the they recreate that scene at the end with the credits where it shows everyone's dead bodies, and then it's it follows Sam, and it's like, you know, what? Like, thir- like like thirty years ago, like the, there was murders, you know, the murders at this mental institution, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, the trailer's on YouTube. That's you can- a loose meaning of the word. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a fucking house. I love that they call it. Oh an yeah, it's just it's like, like a, a suburban house. house. Like it's just a yeah. normal fucking house. They just and have medicine in there. <laughs> it it appears that every scene of the movie is shot in the same room, just kind of set up differently. Yeah, yeah. Every bedroom, especially. Yeah. There's definitely a part where they accidentally confuse Sam's set de- decorations with um our main character's set decorations in her room. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember being confused a couple times. I'm like, why are they in that room? Yeah. It's like, for some reason, Charlotte's room becomes Sam's room at one point. <laughs> Just a major flub, I think. The scene yeah. where uh, the Art Garfunkel guy does, like, you know, I want to have sex. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, like, when they do that, the, the, the combination of their clothes and, like, the beds spread and the color of the walls is like the <laughs> ugliest color palette <laughs> it's it's like so revolting in the 70s everything's plaid yellow or puke green yeah it looks just just varying shades of mustard <laughs> everywhere oh no i got mustard all over the walls might as well paint my walls with mustard <laughs> hot dog eating accident this That's movie like re- like uh, when i see them changing the rooms and everything like that i just a part of me believes that they just every time they just kind of went chronologically and would redecorate the same room over and over again for depending on which scene they were in. And then they're probably like, someone's like, Oh, maybe we should have just did all the shots for this room. And then instead of stripping down and then doing another, I don't know. I just, it seems like they went about it like a really dumb way. And I just, I see them fucking up like that. Well, I think yeah. this movie was shot in like 12 days with a hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah, I can't believe this that movie had a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, that's a chunk of change. <laughs> yeah, in the seventies too. So that's like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like um, when the Blair Witch came out, and I forget what show it, it was for, but Chris Rock was hosting some award show, and he brought up the Blair Witch Project, and he's like sixty thousand dollars. Someone is walking around with fifty nine thousand dollars in their pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, this this movie definitely looks like it was it was made to like launder money or something. <laughs> Not unknown for this genre of film. No, Wait, it, it, definitely- which is true. But I, I was hoping to maybe like find some something about that, and there's not really a whole lot to dig up about this movie at all i wonder why Dan, you're a filmmaking professional do you have any insight on the um how stuff like that works like producers with money and things like that are they just moving like bucks how, around? how it can be spent yeah are people just capitalizing on throwing money out the window to make movies i mean it it's surprisingly expensive to make any movie you know like any any production is uh there's so many people involved that like, you know, and I think like, uh, you know, given like if if investors gave them a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot back then, like they might have like you know been liberal with it with how they spent it, you know. Um, 
maybe Lots maybe the cra- maybe crafty was like super decked out you know maybe like you know whatever <laughs> was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah yeah it's instead of instead yeah, they had, of bagels they, they got bagels budget. with locks yeah <laughs> no i don't know i mean like it's it there's a, a million different ways they could have you know overspent or uh you know, or I maybe definitely... yeah, maybe the producers pocketed a lot of the money <laughs> And killed everyone that was involved in this movie. That's why they're yeah. not in any movies after this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, gum, like a movie like Gummo like, had a budget of like a few million, I think. Yeah. I worked yeah. on a $6 million movie that didn't ever come out. Wow, okay. Just, they spent $6 million on it and had A-listers. <laughs> and it just never came out. Yeah. So to sum up, Ryan, thumbs up or down? Big thumbs up. It's everything I like in a genre movie like this. Ed, thumbs up or I, down? I would say thumbs up. Yeah, I think it's a, a worthwhile entry into this type of movie. Like, you know, okay. fits fits within a, a marathon or a, a big block of movies, but still, like, not part of the worst block of it. You know, not, not, not like the intrusion. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm, I, I'll probably regret saying this, but I'm almost a little bit sorry that I missed this. Dan, thumbs up or down? Uh, eh, fuck it. Thumbs up. It was fun. Had a fun Whoa. time. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that was a sneak attack. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled the rug out from underneath our feet. <laughs> I mean, I still think it was silly, but like, yeah. whatever. You know, I'm not going to... I'm not mad that I, you know, I'm not like, what waste of time. Like, bullshit, you know. Andrew, <laughs> thumbs up or down? Yeah, I'm uh, like, if this movie showed up in like a, a like a marathon or like a marathon or something like that, um, I would definitely consider it like filler. Uh, and I wouldn't mind it if it came on. But ultimately, I'm just going to, I'll give it a, I'll give it a thumb sideways just because even though I ultimately did not like it that much, if it came on, I'd probably sit through it, just like I did for my first watch. Surely it can't be any worse than uh, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein's remake, Death Ward 13. Oh, yeah. Mm. That, that's probably <laughs> yeah. going to be good. Y- yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this probably looks like... I don't know, Chinatown compared to <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Joe, what's your take? Thumbs way up. Way up. I mean, oh boy. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's as good as some other drive-in type trash, but maybe it's just for sentimentality, which is really fucking weird to say, but I, uh, it holds a little place in my heart. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, right on. Has anybody seen any other of uh, of SF Brown Riggs movies? No. The director? <laughs> I thought that I did, but I did not when I looked into it. What are they, Ed? Poor White Trash Part 2, also known as Scum of the Earth. <laughs> uh, Don't Open the Door, also known as Don't Hang Up. That's that was the one I together. thought I saw, but yeah. I. it turns out when I read up on it, I was like, nope, this doesn't sound familiar at all. Mm. That explains so much. Yeah, there were a couple more. There's Keep My Grave Open from 1977, 
and then Think It Big from 1986. I <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what that is. Had a weird change in in all philosophy and life and opportunity. Yeah, I don't know why it makes me think of like Back to School or something. Yeah, like an 80s like like a <laughs> comedy. It's somebody really breaking into the market for the first time. Yeah, and then dying probably or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we will be back after this word from our network. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. In 17th century France, the walled town of Loudun comes under the, a spell of madness brought on by the machinations of the church and rampant sexual repression yeah this movie is about a priest who is the head of the church in this town that seems to have become an isolated little nation state of its own during some sort of occupation of France by the Roman Catholic Church yeah, I think it's during the uh, the Catholic Inquisition. Mm, yeah, that's what I was definitely going to say. The, <laughs> the, more, the more intelligent of the things. But he's because he's like in charge and he's like kind of a rock star is literally he drives all of the, the nuns in the nunnery in, in mad for him. <laughs> the convent, is that what that is? In the convent. Yeah. It's also a nunnery. The nunnery. It's just an older, funnier way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. It's the peasant term for it. And because they get wild, and because the church is trying to demonstrate their power over this weird little nation state, the priests, Oliver Reed, Grand, uh, Urbain Grandier, tries to defend his lifestyles and nation state uh, from the actual state. And because of it, he is mercilessly set up and, and in a witch trial and just horribly executed. And it's, it's fucking bonkers. In excruciating detail. Why is this movie, a movie that should have been reserved for a whole episode, our B feature with Don't Look in the Basement? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, format of the show is we uh, allow our guests to pick the B feature. And in this case... I feel like the more interesting of the two became our B feature. So you're going to tell me that you don't think Don't Look in the Basement (laughs) has the chops to hang with the devils. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think think this is is A a movie material uh, and and probably shouldn't have been uh, double billed with, (laughs) uh, you know, don't look in the basement, but uh, that is what our I, show's I, about, you know. About <laughs> two movies that have nothing to do or no business being paired up with each other. True, but does it have the chops? I think it's 
it surpasses uh, Don't Look <laughs> That's my feeling. What? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Only a complete madman would choose this as our double feature. <laughs> <laughs> Who who was it? <laughs> I'm looking at you, pal. Oh, okay. I'm looking at you, Ed. Hey, I didn't know what Don't Look at the Basement was, but I guess I could have surmised that it would be different from the devils. <laughs> yeah. Could have put your reading comprehension skills to use. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed I enjoyed the the sequence of both. <laughs> I guess you couldn't have two thematically more different movies. It's true. <laughs> or like different, more different levels of set design. Yeah. <laughs> and budget. <laughs> yeah. Acting. Flamboyancy. Yeah. Art design. Taboo. Well, you could yeah. say the Catholic Church is kind of like a mental, mental institution. Yeah. Right? Is that blasphemy? You shouldn't talk like that. No, yeah. Oh, it is actually Easter Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So actually, this movie makes sense. <laughs> I'm very glad now that we're doing this on today because the fact that it's easter just makes it that much better yeah yes joe do you think these two movies have the opportunity or uh chops to hang with each other no the the devils the devils is a wonderfully crafted glorious piece of just it's a great movie (laughs) period end of story um, everything about it performances set design cinematography it's wonderful all, all over the place it's especially good when they rape christ yes there is a lot of christ <laughs> rape that goes on there, there is. Out of and context, I, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dan, Eddie, I don't know if you know this, but you and I, were, we were lucky uh, to have seen that scene. Uh, when we were watching it, I noted there, there was a scene I had never seen before. And I was like, what is this? It's on. <laughs> that, that is the scene that has been cut out of the movie in its distribution. But for some reason, they, they uh, uncovered it in the UK. It was thought to have been destroyed. And... Uh, Channel 4 played it during a segment on The Devils and Ken Russell, because that's what they do on Channel 4. <laughs> and that's our Doctor yeah, Who you, reference for the night. You could tell which scenes were cut out because it, it the format switched to, like, it, clearly it was taken from a, like, from a tape. Yeah. yeah. Whoever uploaded that file had the courtesy of inserting that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Was, was, the, <laughs> was it the... Uh, the entire like orgy sequence was taken out, or yes. just like parts of it were truncated completely, oh, entirely yeah. from past viewings I've seen. Wow. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what the scene was. I thought it was that like, uh, um, you know, the hunchback nun like totally fucking going to town on herself. Oh, yeah. giving herself a stigmata. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that what she was doing? It looked like she, she was just. Doesn't she masturbate? With yeah, she's just finger blasting herself. Well. Yeah. well the, yeah, she masturbates with the cross. Yeah, at one point she, she is. Yeah, and then at the end she's she's she uses his uh his cr- burnt yeah. uh, his charred femur like, bone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the femur bone. Yeah. Which strangely kind of like a dick, yeah. was not in the version that I watched, but the replaced wow. orgy scene with the with the less than footage was in it. Mm. Hmm. No shit. Hmm. 
Yeah, so I was a little confused, but whatever. Yeah, I think the only and the closest to a complete releasing of this movie that exists and is available to our viewers would be the uh, home video release that's two-disc, Region 2 PAL DVD released by BFI in 2012, which runs 107 minutes because it's sped up from 111 minutes. Mm. I don't know why that is. Okay. I guess they sped things up. Or it's maybe a condensed format once it gets put on PAL. Or... I don't know how any of that works. All, all that stuff is a mystery to me. <laughs> Much like the Catholic Church and Easter Sunday is a mystery to me. <laughs> yeah, what's in those eggs? What yeah. is in those eggs? Who's in the bunny costume? These are the yeah. questions. Is it Oliver Reed? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Oliver Reed drunk and in a bunny costume, yeah. smashing through the church window because he's covered in critters and the critters are eating his balls and he's just flailing around drunk and angry and everybody's scared. Apparently, Oliver Reed, I mean, we, if in case you're not terribly familiar with him, uh, we, we are making a lot of jokes about his drunkenness because that was a thing for him. Did not really take away from his acting ability, though. He's a, actually a, a, a great actor. And what I read was that for the making of, of The Devils, that he actually was on very good behavior yeah. during this. Yeah. Uh, Gemma Jones, who plays the woman that he marries, said that he was actually Madeline. very nice. Yes, said that he was v- very nice and 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 was very well behaved when they made the devils. Well, I got a great Oliver Reed quote that I somehow just apparently misplaced, but I guess Hammer gave him. You got it. Oliver Reed said, Hammer Films had given me my start, and Michael Winner, my bread, and then Ken Russell came on the screen and gave me my art. But he probably slurred it like a drunk. Yeah. Well, he was also, yeah, I think Women in Love was like the first Ken Russell movie he was in. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Yeah, and that one was notorious because of like the the nude wrestling scene. Oh, there's a nude wrestling scene? Yeah. Yeah. With who? Oliver Reed and the other, I think it's um, Alan Bates, maybe. Oliver Reed got naked and went and wrestled another male actor. Yeah, yeah. In the 70s. Yeah, it was like, uh, well, maybe like 69. 69. Oh, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. I want to see that. Yeah, that was, uh, you were able to find that, right? Yeah, I I was. I couldn't find like anything but a Blu-ray or a DVD. (laughs) Yeah, it's out there. I got a Blu-ray for you. Yeah, that's a good find, Eddie. How did you find that? Well, I was I was reading about Ken Russell because I'd seen Altered States and was like, this is mm-hmm. insane. Like, I, you know, I want to see everything this guy has done. But a lot of his stuff is kind of not really available on streaming. Right. He is. Um, he's kind of hard to find. Yeah. And that's the case with Women in Love. I couldn't find it on any streaming service. Now, has anybody here seen any uh, um, Ken Russell movies outside of this one? I have not. I've seen Altered States. Yeah. <laughs> seen yeah, Altered seen States and Altered Tommy. Altered States. Yeah. Tommy, when I was younger, seen that in years. Uh, he did one of Debussy. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Um, what, what's that yeah. like? Um, it's like modern, kind of like 60s, like very, very 60s British 
film. It's that sounds right. <laughs> really, all I can say. <laughs> is it stylized? Like this is stylized? Not really. Not that I remember. Oh, cool. I really want to see that movie Gothic. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one. That's about like all the writers. Yeah, supposedly a true story, which is the the funnier part about that movie. All of the early gothic writers had a weird, um, had an absinthe party, and they all like tripped balls in a, in a ca- creepy castle. Yeah. So he made a little horror movie about it. <laughs> so apparently Richard Johnson, fans of, of uh, horror and trash cinema, will probably mostly know him as Dr. Maynard from Zombie. Mm-hmm. No shit. He... Yes, he was almost Grandier because he played Grandier in the stage production and he turned this down. So that was uh, probably a, a good thing. I mean, not nothing against Richard Johnson, but I don't think it would have been the same without Oliver Reed. I agree. In, in Ken Russell's original screenplay, which... He leaned more on Huxley's book than than the stage play. Like he kind of looked into the play for material and decided to kind of just ditch most of it because he thought it was quote too sentimental. And there was originally more going on after the execution involving Sister Sean. Like she really kind of becomes sort of a main I mean she already is a main character but like we get a little bit more story of her after the execution of of Grandier in Russell's original screenplay but for the sake of just sheer trying to keep the movie manageable lengthwise it got cut yeah there might have been an imbalance if for some reason she became this this rock star sex icon uh, with her, her crippled neck and all of that. <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. We can only have two rock star sex icons in this movie. <laughs> there, there's uh, the guy um, from Life Force. What's that guy's name? The, the actor who's in Life Force who is Father Barr, who comes in and rescues all of the, the nuns who are about to be executed. And he has, oh, like, the this, witch finder guy. Yeah, the witch finder, Father Barr, Michael Gothard, is one of the mm. many dry milk toast actors in Life Force. <laughs> but he's awesome here. And oh, he boy. looks like yeah, such really a rock intense. star. <laughs> he's so cool. Doesn't he he just like he comes in and he sees all these women about to be executed and he's like, wait, I've got an idea. <laughs> I'm gonna get laid a hundred times now. <laughs> God showed it to him. Yeah, that means like he's like the exorcism didn't work. Oh, I guess I'll just fuck her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to watching. get the devil out. <laughs> yeah. I like where he's uh, putting holy water on um, on whatever the wood is that's going to like slam Oliver Reed's legs together. And yeah. Oliver Reed's like, oh, is the yeah. devil in, in the wood now? Like, I just thought it was, uh, <laughs> as he's about to get tortured, like go through excruciating pain. Call me vain and proud, the greatest sin to ever walk on this God's earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had some great yeah, moments. His, the, the looks of pain and the shouts from him during that scene, you don't even really see anything. Like, there's, I think, one, like, quick cut to the carnage for, like, yeah. half yeah. a second that you see. Towards the end, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it survives just on his reactions, and 
just the reactions alone were yeah. sending the sympathy pains through my body. Yeah. All they did was yeah. take away booze for one day, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, no. they, yeah, off off camera, they were they were just smashing bottles of booze, and yeah. like, oh, just like oh, pouring oh. it out, wasting it. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> they oh, actually God. tied him down so oh. it was all out of reach. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> This movie has had an X rating in the UK, but it isn't on the video nasty list. What the fuck's up with that? Did it get lifted or something? Maybe that's is it no, because just... it was so far before? Maybe I think because it's not explicitly nasty. Apparently, this it got an is... X rating in the USA too, right? Like they was both. Yes, both I think so. Yes, yeah. it did. Not like that X rating we saw at the marathon the other no. day. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> a much more articulate, def- tactful uh, X rating for this yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. This was one of those movies where it's just like, all right, this is just, we got to put an X rating on that where intrusion was like, yeah, it's definitely um, penetration. So X rating. <laughs> it's, it's only penetration. Yeah. <laughs> With multiple that objects. Would, yeah, that would be interesting. Just a movie that's only close up penetration. That's what intrusion is. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So no hey, <laughs> No, you do get a face or two at some yeah. point in There's a car driving. Pl- you get to see some plaid pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the height of it. Yeah, that's the the, the costume design. <laughs> yeah. Gross yeah. 70s But does clothes. an alligator get used as a weapon at any yeah. point? Oh, I yeah. love that part of this movie. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Yeah. The only dumb moment in this movie, but it's so dumb and preposterous enough that like it's like cult movie style where it just makes me love it more. I just love how it was Oliver Reed almost like knew it was there. You know, it's just like, oh, you got uh, hornets, you know, like you're putting hornets on this lady. And what's this under here? Oh, it's an alligator. And it's just like <laughs> cupping, bee torture and a st- Dale alligator. Yeah. <laughs> in, in France. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in France. As soon as you removed all of that, she died instantly. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think yeah. that stuff was working. The plague witch doctors, <laughs> yeah, we're doing something. Yeah. Yeah, Adam and Ibert, yeah. the Blair witch doctors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those guys were cool. The sadists. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> they're just doing torture experiments whenever they get the opportunity and playing with dead bodies. <laughs> They even bring two plague victims to the court when Oliver Reed is on trial, and they have the plague victims like as the jury, and they seem assured that this will help them not be having the plague anymore. Yeah, <laughs> they just like smite Oliver Reed. The guys are just like exasperated. Yeah, they're just desperate for anything. They're just like, cure me. I'll lie on the stand. There are so many shots of bodies on top of bodies, like hundreds of bodies of living people just playing dead, laying on each other. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I do love that. Where it's like the pit of dead bodies and Oliver Reed comes and he's just kind of blessing them, but you can tell he didn't really want to do that. Yeah, this he's is... doing it like absentmindedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. Is it? Uh, I, I feel like when I watched this movie this time, I heard him make a decree about being Protestant. Even even though the church is Catholic, and at the at the beginning of the movie, I, I believe he says that, and that might be his excuse for why he's fucking. But I don't know if that times up historically or is correct, or if I was actually sober when I watched this movie and it really happened. I have no clue. Yeah, 
I don't I don't remember hearing a Protestant decree. I mean, it definitely seems like that's what he's trying to move towards mm. is like kind mm-hmm. of the Anglican type thing where it's like Catholic and iconography, but then you can, you know, uh, get married. Yeah. And have babies. So, yeah. Isn't that and why you can get the... divorced too. Oh, you can get divorced. That's the specifically Anglican thing. Yeah, I the Church of England. Anglican. Like the, yeah. the big uh, difference between that and Catholicism is you can get married and divorced. Yeah, but they're like they've got all the Catholic shit still. Like mm. they're not like regular. It's not totally American Christian. Protestantism. Yeah, it's very institutional. Yeah, and it has all the iconography. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it, it kind of tracks in this movie, and it's definitely a statement on Catholicism. So I. I like the little like sort of debate that he and, and and Madeline have when he's trying to convince her that it's okay, like that he's like figured out the loophole for like that it's okay for them to get married, and then she keeps finding like scriptural things like to counter what he says, and it's just like a really interesting and kind of like almost sweet conversation in a strange way. Like the way that like, it's almost like, um, uh, it's like a date conversation kind of. Cause it's like, yeah, it's sort of almost lighthearted in the way that they're doing it. Oh yeah. They're like flirting. And again, I think, yeah, which is what what makes it like it, it it would be kind of a weird, awkward conversation. But I guess maybe you know the times and the two people involved, like the way that they they did it, it almost seems like you know like a sweet Genuine. conversation that they're having. Yeah. How, how, especially that's juxtaposed to um, he's doing confession. And he has one of the nuns shows up and she's not done any sins, but she's like <laughs> taking it as an opportunity to talk to him. And he's just yeah. rolling his eyes. She just wants to talk to the hot priest. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the lady that, that comes up and like she can't remember what it was she did? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, if you've forgotten, then maybe God has too. And he just gets up and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good quote. Yeah. It's so fiery. The writing in this movie is perfect. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you all think of that standoff between uh, Grandier and Libertamont? Oh, where he's the, like trying to the demolish mayor. the city's walls? Yeah. yeah. And he just shows up with human hamster wheels that are just <laughs> ripping bricks <laughs> out of walls. Yeah. <laughs> with bloody feet. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Man, they, they really knew how to just put people to, you know... To work. To use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For their own <laughs> utilitarian yeah. uses. Yeah. We, it's we, like it's probably like, like a, a Flintstones moment, like just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. They yeah, like putting people on wheels. Built this building for me. Remember the there was like people outside the city were just like on uh, there was just skeletons on those. I don't know what that was. On the was wheels, like wheel. the death wheels. Yeah. yeah, I have no. I've never yeah. seen that before. <laughs> yeah, and then they they have like a real like like here it is like gratuitous almost money shot of the skull. Of the of one of the bodies and like turns oh, the maggots. and the maggots fall out yeah, of it. That ah, was incredible. Spilling out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right after we get that, really, the movie opens with the weird art performance, the very effeminate. Yeah. Like uh-huh. the king is doing. King Louis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's and they're like critiquing it and they're living so lavishly and then boom, we cut to the countryside and this nation state and it's just maggot skull. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so brilliant. <laughs> 
That's another thing that happens in this movie. They do the back and forth between Oliver Reed, Grandier's city, yeah. and then the wealth and the, all the people that are like really ro- rolling with the, the high Catholics. And all yeah, that. I think that's really interesting that it portrays like all of this like Catholic uh, sort of the spread of Catholic empire as not necessarily like a fundamentalist religious thing, but like a union with the libertine yeah. upper classes to consolidate power. Mm-hmm. And that like, it's a weird kind of like dandy fascism. Yeah. <laughs> just they're just, like, they're there doing fox hunting and shooting style games. Yeah. Shooting the, the man in the bird costume. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Is that like what they did in France? That's crazy. Oh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but the, the, my, one of my favorite shots in this movie, of which there are an in, infinite amount of them, the, is when the bird runs off frame and you just see the next frame and he's in the frame, but on the ground next to him is another person in a bird costume <laughs> yeah. dead on the ground. Well, like, just know that he's not getting out of it. And well, everybody's this, like applauding. Yeah. Well, the scene before that where the, um, I, I don't know if he's like a bishop or he's like the head of, of the church in that area. He's a cardinal. Yeah, a cardinal. And he's talking with the king and he's, uh, he, and he would just go, uh, I forget what the king would say. He would say, okay, or whatever. He would say some word and he would fire the gun. And I just you realize that um, that he's been shooting men in bird costumes the entire time, like the it's like yeah. through the whole yeah. conversation, he shot like ten people in bird costumes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a really he's shoot- comedic moment. <laughs> the the set design in this movie is is super, or the production design rather is super like flamboyant and. Uh, Eddie, I think you discovered who who did it. Oh yeah, it's Derek Jarman. Yeah, and who was he? He directed this movie Jubilee. Oh yeah, it's kind of like a cult favorite. Oh yeah, I like that movie's aesthetic a lot. He was he was a gay filmmaker in the UK that made movies for the BBC and like pushed the envelope on that. And his, I know he set out to demystify what gay is, which is pretty rad. And like, I think his style creeps into this movie, but in the best way. Yeah, I I had read that. Um metropolis was actually a big influence over the look of 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 ludon specifically in this really yeah pinewood studios had has had a long existence in british filmmaking there's been like quite a, a few things have been done there like it's mostly known for like a lot of the bond movies have had a oh, lot really? of shots done in Pinewood Studios, um, the Carry On movies, which are really popular in 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 England, I don't know if they've ever really uh, made much of an impact elsewhere. But I know that they're pretty crazy about them over there. But it's also it, it's had a whole bunch of things done there. Like Alien had things shot there. Um, oh yeah, they did space stuff. Mentioning. Right? Yeah, um, uh, you, you brought up Hammer b- before. There was a couple of Hammer ones that are there. Like, I know Dracula has risen from the grave is one of the ones oh, wow. that had shots done there. So it, it's been used a whole lot over the years. And, and I think there's now different locations. I didn't really look into that too much because when I saw the stuff that had been shot in, like, you know, like the OG Pinewood Studios, that was, you know, all I needed to see, really. Something like uh, 2001 Space Odyssey or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. 
<laughs> Especially Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Has anyone seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No. It's, I think it's about a I flying car. So. Like people that have a flying car, but it's an old car too. Oh, yeah. It has wings. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> That's the most, most insane title for a movie I think that might exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's actual nonsense. Yeah, that's that's a very British executive decision. <laughs> Joe, was the, do you know if the set of this movie was constructed or if it was just on if it was just in the studio? I don't really know ex- the exact details, but I I believe that there was some construction and that they used plaster is what I remember reading and using plaster they somehow managed to make it look like a legit stone yeah, environment. They used 300 million tons of plaster. They built a whole like mini city like just out of plaster. That's just insane. Ah. Yeah. It's it's the brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> this is smart. This movie's too smart for this show. Too smart for me. Yeah, actually we'll watching this movie, I was just like, this is definitely better caliber than what we're used to talking about. <laughs> Yo, what? Uh, th- there's so much imagery in this fucking movie, and the one thing that, well, one of many things that jumped out at me were, were the KKK oh, God. Catholic yeah. judge and jury <laughs> thing. What, does like, anyone what have anything here? <laughs> yeah. That's how you know the church is really bad. Like this they is anachronistic because they started out just being the <laughs> Protestants. That's what it was. The KKK yeah. hated Oliver Reed so much that they time traveled <laughs> back in time and yeah. joined the Catholic Inquisition <laughs> to put him to trial. <laughs> and then they, it's, yeah, they shave him and they're like, "Oh, damn it, he's still hot." <laughs> <laughs> the, back in, at least that's how I felt. <laughs> What, you could just hear the slap of his schlong between his thighs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not until you, you castrate him that that goes away. He's got an interesting combo of being like a large, jowly man, mm-hmm. like a bulldog type man, but having piercing blue eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he only gets larger and his eyes only get smaller as his career progresses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he blows up like a blimp, forgets how to talk or do commercials. Yeah. And his eyes just vanish into the back of his skull in an abyss of booze. I think I remember reading that he, like, got... To, this might be someone else, but either way, it's a funny story, kind of sad, but that he, like, got diagnosed with cirrhosis or something, oh. and that was, like, not drinking, but then he relapsed in a bar because some sailors challenged him to a drinking contest. <laughs> <laughs> Can't turn down that challenge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am Oliver Reed. I <laughs> yeah. will not... Yeah. Back down, especially you know when you encounter sailors at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) What world is that? That yeah, they all have the sailor bibs on with the blue and white stripes. (laughs) Oh god, damn! They shave his head and everybody laughs. Yeah, that makes me think that. Back in the time when shaving a head was comedy. You know what I love COVID? about Oliver Reed's, everything. And Oliver Reed's character in this, when he gets burnt at the stake, I feel like every other burnt at the stake movie I've watched, like they die, they like usually yell and die pretty quickly. But he fucking keeps on talking. Like he is a charred corpse and he's still talking in this movie. Oh, he's <laughs> screaming. Yeah. He's shouting. Yeah, they show you like the progressive, like his like fucking face. <laughs> 
like the flesh <laughs> bubbling and all kinds of hideousness. Yeah, yeah. imagine being burnt, burnt alive and, and having thoughts other than holy shit, I'm burning. Alive. Yeah, he's still trying to like uh, <laughs> to, to like tell the proletariat what to do or something. <laughs> yeah, he's like still wait, my monologue's not finished. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's my uplifting <laughs> speech as I'm burning to death. <laughs> What's, is there any significance to the black and white fade out after he dies and like the movie wraps up and you see everybody in the, the present? I don't know, but that actually ties into a, a question that I had that maybe somebody smarter than me might know the answer to. But that that fade out. Uh, it it it, uh, it it culminates in Madeline, you know, walking over the. Uh, crumbled you know piece of wall as the like like the wall around around the town is is being destroyed and out to a um you know a road basically and you then the credits just sort of start coming in as you see her walking down the other side of the rubble and toward the the road that's sort of dead center of the shot i've noted i noticed that in this movie there is a, a bunch of scenes particularly with Sister Jean, where she is dead center in the frame a lot. Oh, yeah. And I was trying to figure out if there was some sort of language going on there that it was trying to say, but I I really couldn't think of what it was. She really is always centerpiece to her scenes when when she's in them. It could be... um at least for the Sister Jean scenes, to highlight how alone she is or mm. how self-absorbed, mm-hmm. you know, how, like, cut off. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in the end of the movie, all of life has been sucked out of her existence and also the world, that it just goes black and white. Yeah. <laughs> We're critics. See? <laughs> This is what happens when we have smart people on the show. <laughs> Dan, Dan, spill all your beans, all the things. What are you? On, what's on your mind? I mean, I really liked this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, are we doing the thumbs thing yet? Well, we we get. We'll <laughs> talk about it. But yeah, what's not to like about this movie? You got none orgies. Let's talk about and... thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the Boom's characters out. had thumbs. That was cool. Yeah. Thousands of thumbs in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we got plaster thumbs. Yeah. We got Just the sheer thumbs. variety of size of hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little hand, big hand. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Does anyone else besides me ever get Oliver Reed mixed up with um Ian McShane? Don't they kind of have no. like, a similar build? No, I never get them mixed up, but they are definitely. I, I've I, always wondered if they've been in movies together other than. I that think they have definitely been in one movie. movie together. Yeah, and we watched it together. Yes. You and I. Yeah, and I kept on confusing <laughs> them. I was like, oh, that's Ian McShane. It's like, no, that's Oliver Reed. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McShane's all young and slender back then. But yeah. He's definitely grown into an Oliver Reed build. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like a stout. <laughs> stout, drunk yes. British man. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that performed is a very good word. Oh God, is there anything left to say about this one? Fucking watch it. If for some reason you're yeah. listening to the show and you've gotten this far and you've not seen this movie, I don't know why 
you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. But stop this now and go watch the movie. Did we talk about Vanessa Redgrave? Oh, yeah. What? What's Joe, you like rep Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, she's got quite a career, which, you know, obviously, if you know who she is, you've probably seen her at one time or another in a ton of stuff. She has a very interesting sort of family tree. She was married to Tony Richardson, with whom she has children, Tasha Richardson and Jolie Richardson, who I am less familiar with. She was with uh, Timothy Dalton for a number of years, which I actually never knew. And she is currently married to Franco Nero. Oh, wow. That's wow. That's, that's, how did you do all that detective work? Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 particularly the married section. Didn't even have to go there. But yeah, because I, I actually knew that she that she was married to Franco Nero, but I forgot. And then when I saw it, I got real excited because I love Franco Nero. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, wait, I already knew that. Is there anything anybody else has to say? Yeah, I don't think we need to do the thumbs. I think we we're all I think we're all thumbs w- raging toward yeah. the skies for this one <laughs> throbbing yeah, my thumbs, thumbs up. are hard right now yeah <laughs> would you say your thumb is throbbing dan oh yeah pulsating it's veiny <laughs> erect <laughs> it's got a curve yeah. <laughs> thank you oh my god yo you guys are awesome dan eddie thank you for being here could you tell could you tell people about where to find the Good Friends Reading Club? Oh, sure. Uh, you can find the Good Friends Reading Club on Apple Podcasts. We'll uh, try to put it on some other platforms soon. There's a, a blog spot out there as well that I haven't updated in probably like a year, but that, that has links to it. So <laughs> if you, for some reason, don't like Apple Podcasts, but you like Googling a blog spot and then clicking on it and being redirected to Apple Podcasts, <laughs> you can use that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> do, you, do you have anything else that you want to plug while you're at it oh yeah dan what's um your taladisco movie uh it's a it's a documentary um i mean it's i i don't know when or if it will ever be available <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh whenever it sees the light of day it's a uh i was a assistant editor and then I did some additional editing on this uh Tallow Disco documentary about this artist called Den Harrow and he was around in the mid to late eighties. He was like a huge sensation in, in Europe and won the German Grammys, like beat Michael Jackson one year and he won a few years in a row and he was just like a big sensation. But then it uh came out that uh he wasn't actually singing. It was like a Millie Vanilli situation. And the Ooh. real singer came forward on Facebook and said, I am the real singer of Den Harrow. So it's like this, like, these two, like, cocky, like, megalomaniacs, like, fighting over status and just being like, well, I'm the real artist, you know, like, <laughs> it's about this, this group that no one cares about 30 years later, you know, <laughs> and, and no one in America has ever heard of. So. What's it but called? it's a funny, it's pretty funny. It's called Donza Disco. Awesome. Yeah, if that sees the light of the day, we should check that out. Yeah, I'm did, definitely looking around. forward to that. It did. It played in Philly, uh, 
last last year, last April, played at the Philadelphia Film Festival. Mm, but um, okay, I'm hoping it winds up on some streaming service at some point. Yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. it should. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie I worked on did that one should. <laughs> yeah, that detonator <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe, who's who's coming up next? What do we have coming up next? Uh, for our next episode, uh, we will be joined by Erica of Customers Also Watched, which is a really great podcast that I highly recommend to people. I actually forget what is the the A feature for for this one. Don't answer the phone. Oh, right. Don't answer the phone. And uh, she picked Cannibal Mercenary as the B side for, for the next episode. Hell yeah. So y'all heard it here. Watch those movies with us. Then listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes. Andrew, before you give the contact details. Oh, boy. As promised, let me just throw this Oliver Reed's story out real fast right okay this is uh something that was in the book by robert sellers called hellraisers the life and inebriated times of richard burton richard harris peter (laughs) o'toole and oliver reed (laughs) what (laughs) yes so oliver reed was making the three musketeers and they were staying at a, I, I believe it, it, it was a hotel of some kind, like near the, the location where they were where they were shooting. <laughs> so, the courtyard of this place had pond with like small, I guess like little koi fish, like not like full grown ones, or maybe some other kind of fish that you would find in a pond. So he one night, in a state of obvious insane drunkenness and boredom. Went down to the courtyard, took all of the fish, put them in the bathtub of his hotel room, and then spent, I don't know how long he needed to do this, however long in the wee hours of the morning, carving fish out of carrots, and then put the carrot fish (laughs) in the courtyard pond. Like no one will know the next switcheroo. The, the next day, when everybody was out and about for lunch, he jumped into the courtyard pond and started voraciously eating the quote unquote fish, <laughs> and then was getting escorted out by security. And was screaming, you can't do this to me, I'm a musketeer, and then was just laughing hysterically. (laughs) That's amazing. What a a great human being. (laughs) That sounds like it's probably a good book. Yeah, I'm going to read that book. Yeah, That genre of guy, just like extremely well-read... Shakespearean actors who are blackout drunk and will fight people, but also kiss each other. Two <laughs> like, nude male on male scenes. Yeah. Dicks flopping around. But in they'll, the mud. I, they'll like run through windows. <laughs> I, I, I remember like some years ago, 
P- Peter Toole had said that he he ran into Richard Harris somewhere and they sat down and talked and had like lunch and that was the first time that they had seen each other in a long time and they were talking about the state of Hollywood as it is now and they were marveling at the fact that no one would ever hire them now. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, that they would uh, they would get canceled. I think they would be canceled really quickly yeah <laughs> you know what i'm calling back in time they're canceled they're canceled <laughs> just people, just making people. a tweet oliver reed is canceled yeah <laughs> and you, you can't watch the first two harry potter movies because richard harris is the dumbledore and he was also canceled he's canceled yeah. canceled by life <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, real, life really got life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All four of them were canceled by life, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> life, life canceled their asses. Uh, uh, Andrew, contact yeah. details. You can reach us at uh, late night psychorama at gmail.com. Uh, night spelt N I T E. And uh, we are on Facebook, same name, and uh, Instagram. If you like this show and. Uh, like us, uh, review us. We it actually is far more helpful than we ever thought, and we really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and thank you, Dan and Eddie. Yeah, th- yeah thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. This is real fun. It's a fun Hell. time. We have fun on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> that was very aggressive. <laughs> you have, have fun, fun too, oh, Joe. We have fun. You're not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm having. <laughs> yeah. Joe's having a blast. All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Goodbye.
Thank you.